breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Glitter Boys. They made five times their asking amount when the Kickstarter closed last night. It was like $1.25 million or some change. Yeah. The fucking wow. Like, that's that's awesome. When you give the Battletech Kickstarter a run for its money, that's <laughs> damn impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was saying this on the our Discord earlier that I, I do miss having money because after last yeah. night, I don't anymore. <laughs> Technically, if you were to restructure, you could write it off as a business expense. I really could. And you know, dear listener, if you have a podcast you need edited, let's talk. <laughs> so um, let's let's bring this uh, on, on the topic here. What uh, what what Kickstarter were you backing there? Uh, what, what what are we uh, what are we speaking of here? All of the Ninja Turtles branded books from Palladium from back in the day have been are being restored and improved with better layouts and better structures and some revision to some of the terminology to make it a little smoother and full color. It's absolutely gorgeous. It, go back and listen to our previous handful of episodes, and you'll hear all about it. Are they leaving the typewriter font in? Because I need the typewriter font. I don't think they are. It God looks a bit more comic booky in the previews that they've shown. Yeah. Comic yeah. Sans? So it's all in Comic Sans. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it's just in basic, like, you know, action font kind of stuff. It, it looks good. Yeah. It, it actually looks pretty good. I, I like the previews that they've shown. I have some minor nitpicks about some of the structure, which I've, you know, sent them my feedback on how to improve it. But other than that, I think it looks fantastic. Honestly, as I'm looking at this old book, I honestly love it. It's got the same like feel as the old recon books. This can still be seen as a passion project. And on a few uh, pages, you will notice where this is literally... Okay, kids, so back in the day, there was something called cut and paste. Now, paste is something that's made out of dead animals that have been boiled down and boiled down and boiled down and boiled down until they get sticky. And what you do is you take a piece of paper, which is, all right, paper is a piece of a tree that's been boiled down and boiled down and boiled down and boiled down and boiled down. <laughs> there, there are some places where you can actually see editing that had nothing to do with something called a mouse in here. And I, I love that, that this is a book that was assembled with tiny pieces of paper glued to other pieces of paper and set off to the printers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is back in the day when everything was laid out physically by yeah. literal hands. <laughs> yeah. Where T squares mattered. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So uh, before we go deep into this book, uh, so, okay, sorry, step backwards here. The next handful of episodes, we are going to be jaunting through the Ninja Turtles books as well. Now we're going through the originals. Or at least, you know, something very close to the originals. I have some physical copies here that I was gifted back on our previous podcast, Have Movies Will Game. Um, we had somebody from Palladium reach out to us and send us a gift box. And I have 
several of the Ninja Turtles books that are, this was from 2018. So I've got a, what is this? A fourth printing of adventures signed by Alex and Kevin and mm-hmm. Kathy and Walton and some others and some others. And pretty much who, again, whoever was standing around Kevin at that moment in time. they sent me this this nice little stack of them i got the same with guide to the universe they got the same with transdimensional it's pretty cool yeah yeah i've got these three road hogs and a couple others which are across the room right now and i cannot see (laughs) but we are going to start uh we're going to go through this chronologically so it uh, Ninja Turtles Adventures was the first one that they published in the series. And if I remember what Kevin and Sean were saying when we had them on, that this was uh, a hot item when it came out. Mm-hmm. It just sold like gangbusters. And they had to get, uh, they very quickly had to get multiple printings out because it was just gone. I believe it. Yeah. The adventures in this are quality. Oh, Yeah. There's nothing in here that I didn't like. And I can normally nitpick something that I didn't like. I, I don't have it here. This is, these are good adventures. I love this. Oh, do you want to go through them or? Yes, let's do that. The Doomsday Bears opens up this book. <sighs> like you open the book, table of contents, and then the actual first page of text is adventure. It, it's what it mm-hmm. says on the cover, folks. This is a book of adventures. <laughs> The Doomsday Bears, they're bringing back everybody's favorite doesn't exist as a plushy villain, the Mm -hmm. Terror Bears. (laughs) The Terror Bears. Yeah. The anti-Care Bears. Mm -hmm. This is a fascinating adventure in that this adventure can technically be used as the origin story for their entire spinoff campaign Mm -hmm. series after the bomb. Mm -hmm. You can blow the world up with this one. Yes. Yeah. That's the first adventure in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles adventure book. <laughs> Pain bear, fear bear, doom bear, nightmare bear. Which admittedly is on brand for the comic as well, because the mm-hmm. number of times that these four schmucks, you know, kind of just wandered into a potential global apocalypse and just wandered out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. This is also interesting in that looking through this book, I kept seeing little bits of art that I've seen in other books, but this is where they started. Like that bionic dude on page nine has Mm -hmm. been in several of the books afterwards. Yeah. Mr. Bionic. Yeah. And I didn't even, I didn't realize initially that that was uh, a Laird. Yeah. I want, I want to say something about how these differ from the adventure hooks, the hook, line, and sinkers you might be used to. Like, if you've played D&D and you've played Palladium, you know there's like a vast difference between, in this room, you have 13 cups on the northeast corner laid out in, and the, so there's a guy in a town and he wants this, which is Palladium and the other is D&D, like over-detailed and then just let your, your mind take control of a general situation, which is Palladium. This is like... A happy medium. And one thing I really like about it is that it provides beats, basically. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a sense of urgency, a sense of timing that you're following along more than anything else, really. Yeah, it does move you in a direction. There are things that are happening that keep the characters engaged. 
Mm-hmm. I don't want to go into too many details because that would kind of give too much away. But in only what one, two, three pages of text, you have a series of events that happen. You have background to what's happening in those events. And then you've got NPC stats in wonderfully, delightfully concise chunks. Mm-hmm. Oh, love it. Yep. And it's it's all you need. You can run this yeah. adventure for, what, two to three sessions, maybe four? Yeah. Yeah, it, it all depends on your player group and how... I, I remember actually playing that one. And I remember it took us five, but we were playing with some people who would just wander off Mm -hmm. to pet a dog at a heart speed. (laughs) Right. Something I like that this adventure does, and you actually see this a couple of times throughout this book, is on the second page of it, it talks about where to locate the the adventure. Oh, yes. It gives a Mm -hmm. a list of real world places, why you might choose them. And it's pretty cool, including the last one. That's like, you know, this one's set in New York. Actually, there are no missile bases in New York, but it's fun anyway. So do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What was um, we did it recently? Was it Nightbane that kind of had that that beat feel to it? It's like, okay, well, if you take too long doing this, this happens. If you don't solve the problem this happens like the, the story moves independent of the characters that well nightbane we haven't gone too deep down the nightbane chain there was I, one adventure in there i think that we did recently um i that had the same feel to it you know it might have been the uh oh back when we did rift source book and we were dealing with the archie adventure that no been. it wasn't that yeah. it was it, it was nightbane I'm okay. I'm almost positive. Oh, oh no no no! It was in a rifter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of the rifter adventures. So yes, yes, you are right. I just don't remember which one. I just really love that beat. The the especially for um, people who take a long time and weigh all the things. Uh, not to not to jump too far ahead, but like th- this this gets this gets your critical <laughs> thinking with a timer, and I fucking love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So next we have Mr. Bionic. I I really enjoyed reading this one. It could be kind of fun to play, but I, I really like the idea of this this total <laughs> idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's he's like in a suit of you know power armor, essentially. Just this guy. He's he's great. And I, I really like they go into, you know, how to interact with him and how you can possibly stop all of this from happening and how you can possibly have this guy join your team. Mm-hmm. You really don't want that to happen though. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's good. When he makes uh Casey Jones look mentally stable, you know, it's, yeah. it's something. <laughs> yeah. I just like that. They, uh, they started uh, the second day they messed up the IRS. That, that's near and dear <laughs> to my heart. Like they start with the CIA and then move on to the IRS. And I'm like, Oh, okay. He's the villain now. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, in short, it's a nice case of confused identity. Mm-hmm. And I really like those kind of, you know, where what you think is happening isn't actually happening kind of things. Those are fun adventures. Again, like two or three pages. It's there's so much going on in this book. And what? We're only to page four, 13. And now we're moving into the third adventure. And it's, it's yeah. Yeah. 
Reverend Judge is this is the one where you could get the band. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Cool. The one thing I, I want to point out about this and many of, but not all of the original TMNT books mm -hmm. is the back cover art. Ooh, I didn't even look at that. Well, With, I mean, it's the wraparound. Yeah, but so many of the TMNT books and first edition after the bomb books have the beautiful wraparound mm -hmm. and it's, it's worth appreciating that. I got shades of Lancer's rockers from this one. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so to the point where I, I, Maybe possibly Cribbon when they did Lancer's yeah. Rockers. <laughs> I I don't know Lancer's Rockers. All I know is that Matthew, you've told me it's down on the low in the list. It is. It is low on the list. Yeah. Yeah. There there, there are other things you can do with your time. <laughs> Though I mean, literally in the eighties, in you know having kids play at a uh, satanic concert uh, as their as their background is is lovely. It's a it's a great middle finger to the satanic panic, and I do love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah the the adventure after that, I that was the one that I was like, eh, eh it, it it's almost a what well, I mean it just seems kind of like it could be considered a dungeon crawl, um, maybe through a lab or something. I, I don't know. I didn't really get much of a sense of identity from this one. I think this one was the weak one to me. The uh, I, I would say, yeah, yeah, I know a lot of people really dig Doc Farrell. I'm not really into Doc Farrell, he's yeah, mad scientists just don't do it for me, you know, <laughs> just never really been into him. Um, would, I would agree with the exception of Trevor Goodchild, who is my personal favorite. Why do I know that name? Eon Flux. Flux, yeah, you had a pulse yeah. and were alive in the 90s, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the cartoon version was way better than that shitty movie. Absolutely. Yeah. We we don't acknowledge the movie. Do not make eye yeah. contact with the movie. <laughs> just, so then, just move on. <laughs> smack in the middle of this book, however, it breaks away from pure adventure to give you mm -hmm. some supplementary content. If you want to give your animals superpowers, above and beyond the psionic powers or the, the very small smattering of animal powers that are in the first mm -hmm. book, this book has them for you. Uh, works very well with Heroes Unlimited, and I believe these are more in line with the first edition of Heroes Unlimited, perhaps yeah. before revised. What was the they, publishing date on that one? I think, uh, I want to say 86, but let me check. Yep, 86. Yeah. This is also, um, they don't give you any descriptions with it. You actually have to reference Heroes Unlimited, which is a good yep. piece of marketing. Yeah. Probably more in line with uh, Heroes Unlimited 7th edition. Well, printing. Or seventh printing. Sorry. But would that be revised? No, because revised is actually a separate yeah. edition. And because there's seventh, and I, I can't remember the order if it's revised and seventh or seventh then revised. But then there's also second, which is what's out now. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Which yeah. is, yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Then we got a comic, which I think a good was actually comic, a really actually. good comic. Yeah. yeah. It dealt with some like, uh, it was it was a little more it had a little more depth than I was expecting. Yeah, this is a recurring thing in these books. Each book has a comic that, yeah. you know, is either a few panels to several pages. And this one's pretty good. This was a several pager, yeah. Yeah. And then after that comic, we get to the the real good one. This yeah, this was a nice capstone to the book. 
yeah. uh, the white ronin which is separate the party and put them through a murder you know a series of murderous trials there is something that the uh the the dm should read they uh they 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 give you instructions to inform your players of um this is a potentially deadly adventure and playtesting over 30% of the characters were killed. <laughs> Weak yeah. numbers. Uh, <laughs> we got to get those numbers up. I like that it encourages the GM to share this with the players mm-hmm. because I've played with too many GMs who know that they have a murderous player killing game, but don't let players know this. And I find that especially bad when somebody's bringing a new player to the group or something yeah. along those lines and they're bright eyed and, and bushy tailed and ready to experience the wonderful world of rope. Nope. They're dead. Yep. Now, before anyone goes NPC, weren't you the one who invented hammer crawl? You just look them straight in the eye and you say, they know what they got into you. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> It's pretty much in the elevator pitch. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to most of my Delta Green games where it's like, you know what you did. You, you sat down at the table with me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really, I like to use the words uh, death traps and meat grinder when I pitch mm-hmm. hammer crawl to people. If you sit down and play that game, you, you are not expecting to live. <laughs> and there yeah. we have it. Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles, Turtles Adventure. Adventures. Published in 1986, a hot button item, and I can see why. You know, the Ninja Turtles, the Ninja Turtles RPG, I think there were, what, five, six issues of the comic out when the RPG hit? Mm -hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that... It blew up. It blew up fast, if I recall correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because given what's included in the main book, that, that tracks... Yeah, it. Uh, I don't even think it covers like the Utrams, and the Utrams were what issues Kangs. six or seven? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has TCRIs in there. Sorry, my my brain's trying to timeline it now. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I have to go back now and check, but I think like the comic was in its single digits when oh, yeah. the RPG came out, and I think it was still in its single digits when the adventure book came out. So having all of this like expanded stuff. You know, who who are the hell who were the hell are these terror bears? Most comics people would think, and they come and they see all of this new artwork. I can understand why this was a hit. Yeah, I, I didn't really get my hands on this until later, but uh, I I can I can feel it, just that that love that is in every inch of this book. You know how we always say, "Do you need this or not?" And I'm going to say yes on this because it's completely different kind of adventure scenario to the things we we most experience with an adventure book mm-hmm. which is hold your hand walk through or just vague taglines mm-hmm. yeah. it's portable into literally anything and one thing i think that sets this apart is the frankness of the situation the the honest communication between the person running the game and the people playing it and that that's something that's that's missing a lot and I like to do this when I run a game, and it's refreshing to see it just set out that way, too. So I don't tend to run a lot of pre-published adventures. I, mm-hmm. you know, at best, chop them up and use things like maps and interesting encounters and that sort of thing. 
That said, I do own a fair number of adventure compilations like this. And this has all of the hallmarks of a good one, which gets you into the world and gets you to not just like understand it, which the main rule book should do, but gets you, gets you to feel it. It's like the difference between looking at a great pair of jeans and trying on a great pair of fit, a great fitting pair of jeans. It just, it lets you get the feel more so than the knowledge. And that's something I think it really dials in well on. I, I would agree. Yeah. Adding to your point, Matthew, that this is, this can be played in anything. It really can. Most yeah. of these adventures are descriptive text. Honestly, like even the, the whole tigers of Tibet thing, mm-hmm. um, the whole, uh, the, the white, the white Ronin. Um, no, I'm looking at the wrong book. I just picked up the wrong one. <laughs> tigers of Tibet is the next book. I was like, what? the white Ronin. <laughs> Stay tuned. I remember that one. <laughs> wait, 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 what? No, even the whole white Ronin adventure, the puzzles in it are mental. Mm-hmm. They're not roll yep. a die to see if you you make your perception check. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's not going to get you out of it. Yeah, this is all 100% role playing and puzzle solving and that kind of thing. It's, yeah, all of these, these can be played in any system. Like if you're one of those people who wants to play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in that Savage Worlds hack, what was it? Mm-hmm. Sewer something? Uh, anyway, if you want to play in that, you can take this and run these adventures in there. And the same with Mutants in the Now, Julian Kay's uh, tribute to the old Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. You can take these and run those in that game with very little conversion necessary. I agree. I agree. You know, another thing that really struck me about this book, and it didn't really come out till we were talking about it just now, is that all these adventures build a connection between the character and the world they live in. More so than kill, grab, loot, run off, buy gear. There is no real reason why you can't start at the terror bears. Um, They are just, you know, psychic care bears of evil. But, you know, a a team of four can handle that. And that's that's a world saver right there. Or a world changer right there. (laughs) The the silliness of the cyborg adventure gives you a, a possible reoccurring bumbling resource or foil that will be incorporated over and over into your campaign. The The death trap at the end is a very serious moment. The, uh, the white Ronin where you're expected to live by your wits and not your strength. And all of these things are the hallmarks of, of an invested adventure where you're part of that world. And I, I think this book is a really great way to bring people who may be a bit more Monty Holly into a, better class of game i can also see uh, a particularly wily gm using the terror bears adventure as a bait and switch if they know that they're running a game for a bunch of players who aren't very creative mm-hmm. so feel called out here <laughs> <laughs> using it to really run an after the bomb game without saying you're playing an after the bomb game <laughs> Okay, I'm feeling really called out here. (laughs) The way he was looking at me across the table. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. So anyway, I think you need this book. I do too. I agree. Yeah. 
Yeah, she can get a copy of it. Cool, cool. And guess what? As of next year, September, they say, these new books are going to be shipping out. Going to have two hard book, hardback books that collect all of the original Ninja Turtles RPG stuff, minus mm-hmm. the After the Bomb stuff. They're saving that for some special reveal down the line. Sorry for the break. Dealing with Thanksgiving and basically being obsessed with the Ninja Turtles for a little while has left us a little time to, to really meet up and do much. But we're back. We got some more in the feed here. And we hope that you enjoy listening and you hope that you drop by our Discord and join our community. Say hello. Join in the conversation and share your RPG love with fellow nerds. Please do. Thanks for listening. Starships. Magic, mystic martial arts, romance. All of these can be found in A Cloak of Blades by Isaac Sher. You might have heard my name before. I've done a lot of voiceover work for Breakfast Puppies. And I've recently released my first novel. It's available on Amazon as an ebook and paperback. And you can get it for free if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription. I do hope you'll support my work as you're supporting Breakfast Puppies. And it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Have a good one. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.